Welcome to the podcast of Fairmount Presbyterian Church in Cleveland Heights, Ohio, where we feature our worship sermons. Listen again to past sermons from home, when you are traveling, or wherever you are. Listen in if you need a moment of reflection, inspiration, and love. Good morning. Uh, what a joy it is to be in worship on this Pentecost Sunday, and it's a joy to be with you. I want to thank Pastor Ryan for the invitation to uh, be with you for yesterday and today, and also express uh, my gratitude to his wife Amanda and the children for hosting me Friday evening for a wonderful time of fellowship and dinner. Um, I also bring greetings from the churches of Minnesota. We have 27 communions that are member of the Minnesota Council of Churches, five of which are presbyteries that uh, exist in the state of Minnesota. And I bring greetings from one particular Presbyterian pastor who is the senior pastor at Westminster Presbyterian Church, Reverend Tim Hart Anderson. That name is familiar to some of you. His father was one of your beloved former pastors. And uh, we were texting last night, and uh, he told me that one of his, I think, summer jobs before going to seminary was cleaning all these stained glass windows. <clears throat> so he asked me to take a look and see if they needed another cleaning. So, but he sends his greetings, and he's delighted to hear some good news from... Fairmount and from Cleveland Heights. <clears throat> Pentecost Sunday, we, we celebrate Pentecost every year at this time. It's become a very familiar story. Uh, I have to compete with uh, the children's uh, presentation this morning, but it uh, adds once again the visual imagery. It was a very visual day. But I want to start with... Uh, a verse from Genesis. Um, uh, this is the beginning of the story we know as the story of Babel. It says, Now the whole earth had one language and the same words. Um, the author is writing at the time to explain why there is so much cultural and language diversity in the world. And it's set in the context of just following uh, Noah and his family getting off the ark and beginning to settle. Um, but the people at the time were asking, why do we have all this diversity? And if you read the story, and I'll let you read it yourself at some point, the first 11 verses of Genesis 11, I mean, excuse me, the first nine verses, you'll see that there's, uh, it, it's quite clear that this is God's will, God's desire. But I'm struck by that first verse. Now the whole earth had, can you imagine it, one language and the same words. The, uh, the Hebrew there literally means one lip, like they had one way, even the same accent and how they spoke. So different from today um, in the way we have multiple languages, we have multiple ways to speak the same language with different accents, different pronunciations. 
sometimes the same words have different meanings in different contexts. I remember my first visit to South Africa and I learned that the trunk of a car is called a boot, a traffic light is called a robot, and a diaper is called a napkin. You can imagine the disgust that South Africans express when you say, I just wiped my face with my napkin, and their visual is diaper. Uh, I had to learn to use the correct words when I was down there to be understood and to communicate. But we know from the Genesis 11 text and the verses and chapters building up to that point that it was God's will that the human family scatter throughout the earth and settle in and that diversity then would result as a part of that. It was God's desire. And so in the Babel story, there was a, a strong desire for sameness. And God interrupted sameness confused the language, or some scholars said mixed the languages, and folks scattered, and we have the diversity that we have today. And that, therefore, is the need for Pentecost. Once you have this very broad and amazing and God-desired diversity, how do we navigate, and how do we live within this diversity? I'm going to suggest that embedded in the Pentecost stories are some principles for creating and nurturing uh, communities and even congregations that uh, desire diversity as God desires diversity, seek how to manifest inclusion in diverse contexts, and create communities that exhibit equity. So as we've heard from the reading of the scripture, the Pentecost festival attracted folks from all across the Roman Empire. This was one of the major Jewish festivals uh, lined up after Passover, and uh, people would come from all across the Roman Empire. Jewish folks would come. And uh, now we might assume that all Jews at the time spoke Hebrew or Aramaic, but some of them had been living outside of the Holy Land for so long that their Hebrew was not good, and they probably knew some of the texts for the worship setting but they spoke Greek, and they were in synagogues for Greek speakers, and they even read their scriptures from a Greek translation called the Septuagint. But what we see happening here as we hear the author of Acts name the various locations is we hear the, we feel this coming from across the Roman Empire of folks from all different Jewish communities. It was the, the diversity of Jewishness from all cultural and linguistic contexts in full display. Now, in Genesis 11, we saw that God had confused the languages of people so they could no longer understand each other to create diversity. They could no longer hear each other. Therefore, they no longer listened to each other Pentecost is about hearing each other. It's sort of the completion of the Babel story. It was about a fresh capacity to listen. The author of Acts recorded this moment. He says, each one heard them speaking in the native language, and I like to add, and local dialect of each. How is it that we hear each of us in our own language, in our own dialect. 
Uh, biblical scholar Virginia Burris remarks about Pentecost. He said, the disciples find not their own, but other hot languages in their mouth. I like how she says that, other hot languages. The disciples opened their mouth and someone else's language came out. Someone else's dialect came out, replacing their own language. Now this was not a scene from Star Trek or whatever your favorite science fiction movie is where some other being inhabits your body and speaks through you. No, the disciples were still themselves, still who they were. Even people said these are Galileans. Their accents were still in place. They were speaking these other languages, but their Galilean accents, which would signal that it was still them, but yet there was something amazing happening. Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? For us today, I like to think about the idea that cultural competency, what we call cultural competency, is achieved when we understand the experience of another while still rooted in our own cultural identity. At Pentecost, the wind was heard before the tongue rested on each of them. Hearing came before speaking. We are better able to navigate diverse contexts as we learn to speak the languages of other people's experiences. We first listen to their stories, observe their ways of living, and then we step into and embrace diversity. Diversity exists. It's here. We have the opportunity to embrace diversity. Let me, let me illustrate uh, what I'm trying to say here about this deep intentional listening. Um, on my journey in ministry, I found myself uh, in New York City in a very diverse context, and one Sunday decided I needed to go somewhere to church for some sameness. So I went to a church of my own denomination, but didn't know my way around New York, and this is in the 1980s, and I went north in Manhattan and found myself at a church that was in Harlem. For those of you who know Harlem, you know that's a black cultural mecca. And what I did not find was sameness. I found more diversity. But I stayed, and I grew, and I was enriched. And because of that journey to Harlem, I ended up being a seminary student at Howard University's School of Divinity in Washington, D.C., one of the historic black seminaries. And while I was at seminary, I became acquainted with uh, what was uh, emerging at the time, and many of you are familiar with, black liberation theology. Now, the pastor, I was uh, involved at a black church, about 50% African-American, 50% Jamaican uh, church in D.C. where I was doing my internship, and uh, the pastor of the church was not a proponent of black theology. So imagine this. The white young man raised in the suburbs trying to persuade his black pastor to consider black liberation theology. <clears throat> Just the visual itself is a bit unnerving. The words, though, that came out of my mouth were the words of my Howard University theology professors. Another language was coming out of my mouth. The words did not match my cultural background or my racial look, but my Pentecost moment demonstrated my growing competency in the ways of thinking and understanding in my new social location at a historically black divinity school. 
And eventually, my black pastor did embrace black theology, by the way. So in addition to embracing diversity, Pentecost also calls us to embrace inclusion. And what do I mean by that? I, I, and let's again look at the text. Inclusion occurred as these Galilean Jewish followers of Jesus shouted in various languages that were not their own mother tongue. So people from the continents of Asia, Africa, and Europe, and if you take all those wonderfully challenging locations to pronounce, and you did an amazing job reading scripture today, uh, and you look at where they are geographically, you are in Africa, Asia, and Europe. And these are the people who had come, and they heard these proclamations in their local languages. Converts to Judaism were there from Rome, as well as Cretans and Arabs who were not Jews. And also present were the Roman Empire soldiers who were on the edge of the crowd, and they were hearing in their own language, Latin. They were hearing it in Latin. We feel included when we hear things presented or experience them in our own life language, our own life experience. We feel included. The other thing we see is that uh, it wasn't just the, uh, the disciples, the apostles who were doing the speaking. All 120 folks who were in the upper room were speaking. In other words, Pentecost is inclusive. All can speak, all can hear, all can participate. That's the invitation of Pentecost. But it's interesting to experience this in real time. I mentioned I had been to South Africa, and my first trip there, I had the opportunity to attend a ministry conference, which was rare for the time, because this was shortly after the end of apartheid. And it was rare in the sense that people were there from all races and cultures as defined in South Africa. So there were folks from many uh, black indigenous African communities. There were folks from the so-called colored community, which includes uh, the Khoi and mixed race people. Uh, there were, were folks who were there from Asian communities and also certainly from Afrikaner and English speaking communities. Everyone was sort of there. And so how do you include everyone in a worship service. And it was amazing how this was done. The musicians brought together, uh, uh, obviously, an a inclusive group of musicians, and they began to play music from different contexts, different cultural contexts. Some of it came from black indigenous musical forms. Some came from the, the noted jazz that's found in the colored community. Some of it even came from praise music from Europe or United States. But the worship songs were all sung in multiple languages. So each verse, you would switch to a different language. And um, in South Africa has 11 or 12 official languages, so they uh, have quite a mix of languages. But what was interesting is each verse, so it switches to a different language. Same thing, say we're doing Amazing Grace. And then the second verse is sung in a different language. When you switch to that language, the flavor of the music, the rhythm, the sound switched to that particular culture that represented the language. And so uh, you, you have this experience where everyone is starting to feel a little of themselves in this moment. 
And then even more dramatically because uh, in Africa and worship services, dance is also very important. Each time you switch to a different language and a different cultural expression of music, the, the dance that fit from within that particular context began to occur in the worship context. And it was just the most mesmerizing, mesmerizing uh, experience of inclusion. It was like a musical mosaic of cultural competency. And at that moment, I began to get a glimpse of maybe what was happening here at Pentecost and what we're being called to as we become a people who are inclusive. We discover and grow in our communal cultural competency as we learn to listen to and speak from each other's life experiences. Initially, inclusion needs to be intentional, even directed. It may feel awkward and not natural, but over time, the experience of inclusion becomes like a positive habit, both enriching and empowering. So we have diversity, we have to embrace diversity, we need to embrace the experience of inclusion, which is sort of simultaneously what we've done with diversity. And the last uh, element that I see in this Pentecost text is that we need to embrace equity or justice in the way we do this work. When diverse peoples are fully included, equity ensures that opportunity and power are balanced and shared. Equity efforts focus on adjusting, adapting, changing systems of interaction. And equity was implemented as power was deconstructed through these Pentecost-like events that happened in the first several chapters of Acts. So on the day of Pentecost in Jerusalem, we see that Galilean Jews and Jews from the diaspora were thrust into leadership in a setting that was the realm of the Jerusalem uh, Jewish community, which was sort of the top of the echelon in Jewish leadership. So we see that balancing already. Within a few chapters by chapter 8, we have what folks, many scholars call the Samaritan Pentecost. And here we see Jews coming into the Samaria and what happened on the day of Pentecost happens on Samaria and we see an inclusive equality created between Jews and Samaritans in that moment and we see a, by chapter 10 we see Jews going into the home of a Roman centurion and in that Pentecost moment the balance of power uh, is equalized and in some ways the Jewish leaders become the teachers of the Roman centurion in his household. Wherever the Holy Spirit gets released in these Pentecost moments, we see this balance. We even see it uh, uh, in uh, Philip and an Ethiopian finance minister. He's outside the Roman Empire, but he's a very powerful man from a very powerful place uh, ruled by Queen Candace, what we call uh, historically Nubia. And there, again, that balance. What I'm trying to say is that, that embedded in Pentecost is also this equity moment. Pentecost blends cultures and deconstructs power hierarchies, creates what we talked about yesterday as Creole-like communities, it included Palestinian Jews, diaspora Jews, colonial Romans, Greeks, Arabs, Samaritans, Ethiopians, and on and on. 
these Pentecost events placed a, a, an imprint on the church from its inception. And uh, we, we use the language today of DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion. If you're in any kind of uh, nonprofit, academic, company kind of setting, everyone's doing training around DEI. I want to say that DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion, is in the DNA of the church and Pentecost. That's, that's, the, that's the one you can take home with you, the one that'll help you remember what I said today. DEI is in the DNA of the church because of Pentecost. Well, the Pentecost event closes with this thing just exploding into the streets. It can't be contained. And the 120 find themselves swept out of the upper room into the streets. It's the day of Pentecost. The crowds are already there in all their diversity, and they have a chance to experience this moment. Now, in some ways, that day was not so different than days that we experience. We go to a sporting event, and there's a lot of diversity, all cheering for the same team. Or we go to a concert, or even our public schools are, are very diverse these days. And, and many churches are now becoming diverse in who's in the worshiping space. But what requires efforts and strategic intentionality is creating spaces that are fully inclusive and sustainably equitable. When we leave the event, the worship service, or the protest gathering, do we live in inclusive communities whose institutions practice equity? Therefore, that is our work. The last thing I see in this text is that the Pentecost text calls us to change our posture. In Acts 2, at the beginning, check verse 2, the entire household is seated as the Holy Spirit sweeps through and people begin to speak in the tongues of fire. They're sitting as they hear the violent wind and began to speak in other languages. But by verse 14, we see that Peter and the others are now standing. When it was time to act, there was a change in posture. Fairmont Presbyterian Church, you have a new pastor who's been here three months. You're in a birthing season for a new vision. You're in a Pentecost moment. I invite you to be a Pentecost church that embraces diversity, inclusion, and equity in new and fresh ways. So I think it's time for us to change our posture. When we leave here today, we leave committed to creating the new vision, the new DEI that's already in our DNA as Christian people. Amen. We thank you for listening to a worship episode from Fairmount Presbyterian Church. Revisit this podcast site weekly for new worship episodes. Have a beautiful and blessed day.